Hello and welcome to another episode of We Ain't Got No Podcast, SB Nations, Chelsea Blogs, We Ain't Got No History Podcast, the one and only. We're still fresh, we're right off a win and we are absolutely good to go for this episode. I'm your host, Jimmy Funnel, and as always, I am joined by Ram. Ram, what a day yesterday was, eh? I just have to say one thing. It's a beautiful summer's day and the breeze is stupendous. <laughs> and you're going to hear a lot of that today. But before we get into that, I want to welcome a guest today who uh, I've actually been really looking forward to meet because I've been interacting with him sometimes on Twitter. A very nice guy from the community. For a very long time as well. Very long time, yes. And that's Selen or Sebastian. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, also must be in in a good mood, right? Uh, This weekend has been fantastic. Let's just put it that way. Yes, and we are going to talk about this weekend quite a lot today, as one would expect. But before we get into the footballing side or the game from yesterday, what we do want to talk about is Salem. You know, we have had made a hobbit a habit, sorry, of introducing <laughs> our members or have giving them the opportunity to introduce themselves. So since when have they supported Chelsea? Uh, how did they it come to that? Thankfully, you know, not uh, it's always very interesting to get them uh, to know these people a bit more so Selen, please do tell us you know since when have you been a Chelsea fan how did it come to you being such a brilliant person and such a good person because of being a Chelsea fan <laughs> <laughs> wow that is <laughs> thank you for that um I'm actually older than people think I am I guess uh so I'm 32 right now going on 33 um but so I started supporting Chelsea in the late 90s, I think. Like all my friends had, they supported teams in England, like Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal. And I thought that I wanted a, a team of my own, so to speak. And so I liked the color blue. <laughs> and then, of course, Gianfranco Sola moved to England. And he was one of my favorite players. So that's how that happened. Ah, interesting. Yeah, not interesting, maybe, but uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the fact that Gianfranco Zola was like your favorite. I mean, yeah. Okay. To be fair, I have no idea how famous he was because I was like probably just born or something at the day. So yeah, <laughs> but it was like I had I had uh, two other favorite players as well, uh, and I think I just they were my favorite players because I had them on football shirts. So I wasn't really into football that way, but you know, when one of them came to England, it was yeah. That was. How the come you didn't go for like Freddie Leonberg? When he went to like Arsenal, but I think he went there a little bit later, right? Two thousand one. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh right, yeah, he did. Yeah. Plus, it was Arsenal, so I didn't want to go that way. More, more importantly, when did you, when did your affinity for the Chelsea youth start? <laughs> I, I thought about this yesterday, actually, and it, I think it was two thousand and twelve. I think, I think that year or the year before that was the year. Was that uh, the the FA Youth Cup final against United when they had Lingard and Pogba? Yeah. And, yeah. and I, rem- I remember seeing that, but that was like the first 
one of the first games I watched, if I remember correctly. And but basically, I started following the youth teams like every weekend in twelve thirteen. Um, so that's yeah, that's when. Okay, that's cool. So I grew up with you know Christensen and Ake, and you know Boga is still my favorite prospect. I hope he comes <laughs> good sometime. <laughs> he is one of the best dribblers in Europe. So yeah, uh... he's just an amazing player to watch. Yeah, that's good news. Basically, be messy, right? I mean. Basically, basically. Hmm. Um, which which is actually interesting because uh, for me, the youth really started my my interest in youth started with Josh McEachran. That was kind of the very very hmm. sad story for me. Where I thought, ah, oh, it's not going to happen, same, is it? Same and, to be uh, honest. But hmm. yeah, yeah. So that, it's always quite interesting to hear how people getting engulfed in this Chelsea mania. Um, but we will now talk about the game as it, you know, is the, the next uh, good thing to talk about. I mean, initial thoughts, boys. What, what what do you think after yesterday's game? Because I, for one, was dancing around. Got to say, <laughs> you know, not going to lie, a bit embarrassing, but doesn't matter. I didn't care because it was just, an absolutely phenomenal performance, despite conceding two uh, goals. But we'll get to that. So, initial thoughts, um, Salen, as you are our guest, mm-hmm. do us the honours of starting. What, what, what do you think? Uh, it's it's um, it's a tough question. It's just um, it's hard to describe. Really, it's like this dream coming true of you know having Lamps as the manager. First of all, that's wow. And then to this to this youth revolution that I didn't think would ever happen, but I have been wanting it to happen for so long. And you know, not just yesterday, but the games before too. But I mean, Tammy scoring a hat trick against the Wolves. Uh, I, I heard the commentator say that he scored three goals two seasons ago in the Championship as well, so he likes to score against them. Mm. Um, but yeah, just you know, like you said, I wasn't dancing around, but it, like I got. A little bit of tears in my eyes uh, watching the game. Just, just oh. fantastic. Just fantastic. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to say really because it's just it's just pure joy, really. And you played really well, but we can talk about that later. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so, Ram. Well, because I think we we all share uh, Salen's reaction pretty much. Yeah. Though. It would be interesting uh, to hear what you. You yeah, thought it, because your comments on Twitter were brilliant. <laughs> it, it gives me, I think they call it endorphins. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, Twitter was on fire yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I was, oh my God, I was just losing it. Like, uh, I, I think I tweeted about some really stupid things <laughs> to, during the course of the game. At the end, I was like, Jesus, this is what it feels like to be drunk. Because <laughs> I honestly don't know what that feels like, but I imagine that this is what it's like because I was just so so happy. Like it went from just I mean, first just imagine Fike or Tomori just scoring from like uh thirty yards out and these are things that seem inconceivable uh, under any normal circumstance circumstances and I'm like okay, cool. Uh, the fact that he's starting was good enough and now he scored an absolute screamer and mm. then he makes this surging run into that penalty area like what i mean 
um, we know that he can do that. But you know, to do it on his second appearance in the Premier League against a team like Wolves is like really admirable. And he, um, just, uh, can you see how how much I, I am at a loss for words? Like, Fikayo mm-hmm. Tomori to Mason Mount to Tammy Abraham is like a goal that I've literally dreamed of. Like, you have no idea. And then, wet dream, just, just, yeah. Um, that Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it just it just kept getting better and better and better. Tammy Abraham getting the hat trick was like, oof, I, do you know how how long I've waited for for this just so that people can finally realize that he's a proper class prospect and just not not a championship striker because. That's not how you judge a player. You don't judge a player if he's like terrible in a team that is literally one of the worst teams I've seen in the Premier League. All, all with with all respect to Swansea City, which is a club that I like a lot, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but they were so bad that season. Um, that that the Tammy obviously looked bad, and then like he still ended up being like the second highest goal scorer. And yeah, basically everything is like really good, and <laughs> I love the season so much. Uh, <laughs> Like 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 flies to wanton boys, we are to the gods. Blah blah blah. I love football. That's all I have to say. Mm. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I was ecstatic as well. I, 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 not necessarily as uh, in the juices as, as you seem to be, but nevertheless, you know, I was very happy with what happened. Um, what I do have to say is that the uh, two late goals kind of, uh, well, two late goals, the two goals we conceded kind of dampened the, the result a bit because I was really looking forward to us, you know, being 4-0 up. Oh, first yeah. clean sheet, brilliant. And yeah. then that was a bit, well, also, I don't know, I kept popping popping into my mind that you know Rudiger had to go off injured. I know we've gotten the statement out by Lampard that it was more precautionary than anything else, but still it was kind of a bit of a uh, yeah, brought me back to reality kind of after this, you know, utopian scoreline, you know, because I really mm. I, just to remind everyone, I predicted that we'd lose. Yes, I remember. And, <laughs> of course you do, yes. And um I mean I'm you know I still think that it was possible, you know, but they didn't you know, they didn't threaten us at all in the first half. And to just before we get to Tammy Abraham, who is of course a huge talking point, uh, just the defence, you know, I mean Jesus, that, that was that was really, really Really, really impressive compared to what we've seen. I mean, what, what, what did you guys think of the three-four-three? Three? Yeah, um, I thought it was a bold move. I mean, although not not entirely unexpected, because um, if you guys remember in that in that article of mine, I I highlighted how much Lampard would try to tweak things even though it was, I mean, even if it were in the form of like a minor tweak in the formation itself or like a totally different formation. In fact, he switched to a 3-4, 3-5-2 against Millwall at home last season and that didn't work so well. But 
I get the thinking behind it, right? Because Wolves are a team that do look to get it out to wide areas and then attack you from there. Because they have their strengths in, like yesterday they had Adama Traore, who they really looked to get one, uh, like one-on-one against Marcos Alonso. And uh, they play to their strengths, which is getting out wide and then, you know, linking up to their two strikers and the players um, playing in behind them. So I think that the fact that we had three central defenders just allowed, it not only allowed us to defend in a more compact manner, but it also helped the likes of Tomori and, you know, one of the other centre-backs. When you usually have, like, when you're playing three centre-backs, like, one of them can usually add up as, like, an extra man in midfield and get forward, just like Tomori did uh, on the occasion that led to the goal. So we weren't totally slight in midfield despite having, like, a pretty flimsy pivot of Jorginho and Kovacic. And, yeah, uh, basically, um, we not only countered the threat of Wolves, but we also... um, I would say we accommodated for Kante not being there. So that's what that's what I thought of the of the tactical shift, and it was a pretty bold move, I'd say, because you're facing facing up against a team that has played this kind of system for the last two years. So it was bold, but it was a risk worth taking, and it well paid off, is my opinion. Sebastian, mm. what do you think of that? I think it's difficult to say if it was because of the three-four-three or because Wolves kind of is not that good this year so far. I think uh-huh. they, they they won out in the Europa League. I think they won almost all the games. Or they, maybe they won all the games, I don't know. Yeah, they beat Torino, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, but um, they're 19th, right? They, I don't know if they have a win to the name this season. Or have yeah, I... yeah. They've, they've been really off-color this season. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the Wolves of, you know, this, this would, be, would have been a greater scalp if it was last year than it is this year, I would say. Uh, but but I agree what you're what you're saying with the uh, defensive solidity. I think having three uh, central defenders uh, kind of made up for the as you say flimsy little combination of Kovacic and Jorginho. Um, I didn't feel that Wolves had that, those spaces behind that we've seen almost every game so far. Uh, our opponents to get behind behind them so. Yeah, I think I think, but it's, as I said, it's different to Gosh. Whether it's because of the formation or because Wolves weren't that good yesterday, I don't know. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just went through the same. Sorry, Rob. Yeah, no, sure. That's what I thought was. We looked really uncomfortable in the first fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, that was when. Wolves had like a good amount of the ball and we didn't really know what to do with it in the first 15 minutes because you were just passing like among the centre-backs and they were pressing our midfield so we weren't able to get it out and that <laughs> kind of gave me bad flashbacks of Richard Keo and Tomori passing into each other like for <laughs> exchanges on end but uh, I think that Mount and Willian eventually grew into the game and that helped a lot because they dropped back and they were the ones willing to bypass their opponents with you know uh, by taking them on mason mount had five dribbles in the entire game and something else that i noticed um which was which was quite good from our side was 
all of our players helped to win the ball back you know like every every single one except like uh, kovacic had one tackle registered but apart from that everyone right from like tomori to right up to william and mount had like at least two tackles and for them it was basically like joao martino winning the ball in midfield so i think that when we grew into the game and eventually found our groove then i think they really got going and mount and alonso like this uh, the the good part about the system is that it also helped cover up for um dave and marcus alonso's deficiencies because they weren't they weren't asked to defend as much as they would if it was a flat back four mm. so it helps that tomori and rudiger are very quick defenders as well so yeah it just everything kind of works in tandem in this formation and who who knows another thing i was thinking about is that if reece james comes back maybe it's worth looking at having aspeliqueta back at right center back and reece james as right wing back that that could work so that that's yeah that's basically all my thoughts on this formation jimmy uh, you one one has to say of course i don't think that this formation is going to be used all too often i i know people are saying oh this is how you know because it's conte squad basically um uh-huh. this this works the best we have to play 343 i mean it's ridiculous because at first everyone was you know after last season 433 was prevalently used yeah oh we need a 4231 again then it didn't work that good at the start of the season oh no we have to go back to a 433 the squads are 433 now because that worked against wolves and you know i actually understand why lampard uh, used it against them because that's how one counters them if we would have played with fought the back they could have uh, had far more chances to uh, catch us off guard you know on the break uh, yeah. even though they they're not they didn't play as well as they could have i agree with what you said but um point being I, i think we won't see this formation all too often when we play against wolves again sure when we play against other people that play with three at the back makes also sense but i don't think it's going to be like a customary uh solution for frank lampard from now on maybe not you know but the fact that we have players that can play all these different roles is pretty helpful in the fact that oh definitely yeah he can put out a 433 he can put out a 352 343 anything he wants because i think mount has surprised us with how good he can be playing wide hasn't he mm-hmm. and yeah that's I'm, true and i'm looking forward to seeing william in a more central role because i can't remember the last time he ever played in that role and i've always thought that that is somewhere he should play and we have like a lot i mean there are just uh, when when loftus cheek and james and hudson dai come back there are going to be so many options for so many positions so I, i think the main takeaway from this that we should really be happy with is that is is the fact that he's willing to change up his tactics even if it's like a drastic change of formation from 433 to like three at the back on a game by game basis that's something we have really missed i would say i mean hmm. conte was obviously adaptable uh conte was more adaptable than we gave him credit for to be honest but i mean like, when when i think about right from the mourinho days and stuff i I welcome a manager who is willing to rotate regularly and who is willing to change up his formations and his systems. I mean, I like that. Yeah, he he did it kind of quite a lot last year if I if you if what I've been reading on Wagenen uh, yeah. from the excellent writer Ram. 
But uh, I also remember that you wrote that it, it doesn't always work. And yeah. maybe, he's, he, maybe he tries to get a little bit too cute sometimes. Um, yeah. I guess that's I, a worry. But I think he will learn on the job, so to speak. Yeah, so that's how it is, isn't it? When you have like a manager who's pretty much learning on the job. Yeah. And also, Jody Morris played a lot of three-four-three in the uh, yeah. That's EFTs. a very understated mm. point. Actually, yep. I, Chelsea Youth brought this up like yep. one month ago. Mm. Uh, the the all-seeing Chelsea Youth brought it up. He <laughs> said that he said that we could see a switch to three-four-three because of the fact that Jody Morris is so familiar with it. Our academy have been playing it for a while now. So and especially under his stewardship, so that that has been cool. Yeah, I think that helped. I think that helped. Well, it can only help, you know, uh, without a doubt. And I think that is quite an interesting thought. I mean, will Tomori play from now on? I mean, with <laughs> all three, I think, ah, Kurt Zuma wasn't bad, don't get me wrong, but, you know, will all three play? Tomori's my guy. <laughs> he is, for me, right now, like, I may be biased, but he he has looked much more confident on the ball out of like pretty much all of our centre backs. Even though he's played like two games and like extra time of the Super Cup, he he just he just looks naturally comfortable on the ball. Whether it's like striding out with it or just playing in the defensive third, but playing like slightly risky, but doing it like in an accomplished manner right so for me for me tomori is he he should he should be starting so if if i had a preferred back to it would probably be it's going to be hard to choose between christensen and tomori but i i may put tomori and rudiger in there or christen or really yeah i may yeah. like uh christensen it's hard to drop christensen because I mean, he's he's been fine, right? Yeah, he, he, he was hasn't great been yesterday. Bad. I thought. Yeah, he was he was very good yesterday, actually. Yeah. I think that uh, people actually didn't talk enough about Christensen yesterday because he was playing in that middle uh, middle position in the, in the back three, which is also where Conte played him, right? And that's also where he was playing at uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, and that, that's just that's that's his role, and he's comfortable there. And I thought he was really good. And I, there was this one tackle he made that was like essentially like key chance saving. And yeah, Christensen was really good, and it's going to be hard to drop him. But yeah, if if there's a back to like I'm going to really if I was Lampard, I'd have a huge headache as to whether to start like Tomori, Rudiger, or you know just any any combination of those three. But Zuma for me is unfortunately fourth choice right now because he's he just ah oh, he looks a little awkward on the ball still and he just does not inspire me with confidence this season which is sad and mm. I hope he does re- I mean come back to regain his past glories but that's, that's how I see it right now uh, yeah, about, because in yeah. the second half when what, what was it Gibbs White came on that guy yeah, caused yeah. so many problems oh he's really good by the way <laughs> I, oh, I knew you'd say that but uh, I'm not saying that was down to Zuma that uh, the, the problems you know managed to happen but uh you could just see that rudiger he i didn't think so because i didn't think that he would have such an impact but he brought yeah. a calmness to that back line which he did he i did. underestimated i really yeah. did and i uh, hope he's fine i mean say would you agree uh i would say that well yes i would agree <laughs> 
And then I will say that uh, of all the academy players or loan players coming back, I have to say that Tomori has surprised me the most. Uh, I knew he was, I knew he was good, and he was the championship uh, or Derby's player of the year in the championship. Um, but I didn't think he would look this comfortable at this level. Uh, I knew Mount and Abraham could cut it at this level. I was where I was fairly fairly confident in it. And then Tammy scoring seven goals, uh, that's a lot <laughs> more than I thought he would at this point, maybe. Um, but Tomori has looked like Graham said, um, so comfortable on the ball and in defense, in defense as well. And um, yeah, Lamps have a tough choice of who to play in the center back pairing because I think if you play a back three, I think Christensen will always play in the mid, uh, like the mid center. Of the three, uh, Benina two. Yeah, I mean, I think I guess it's Rudiger and plus one, uh, <laughs> and I and I, I can't call it really. I can't call it. Yeah. But but Tomori might be. I, I I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know if it's, if Rudiger is injured as well. I don't know how precautionary it was in reality. If if that's just media talk. Uh huh. You know, it's it's. A little crazy how Tomori has flown under the radar because I remember him getting a lot of hype in 2015-16, like the 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 famous Tomori giveth and taketh season. <laughs> <laughs> that that was when he really rose to prominence, and he had such a good season in 2015-16, and which eventually culminated in him making his first team debut under Goosey Dink and. Uh, winning Academy Player of the Year, and mm. you know he his first loan was very aggressive. I think that that was like something that a lot of us missed at the time because, I mean, for whatever reason, but he went on loan to Brighton and Hove Albion, who were in the thick of a promotion race with Newcastle United in that season, and you, you do Brand. not send. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Now no, continue. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was just saying that you do not send someone who's never played senior football to a side that is actively chasing championship promotion. Um, and that's where we sent Fikayo Tomori on his first loan. And that that speaks to his quality, I would say. That speaks to how highly regarded he was at the club. And Brighton actually took him on and he scored a catastrophic own goal mm. in his very first appearance. Take us away. Yeah, against yep. Lincoln City. <laughs> And he bounced back from that, and obviously his second his second loan at Hull City was tough yeah. because they were they were in such a bad place, and Slutsky was there, and he also didn't last, and just the atmosphere around that club was really bad at that season, and it, it's no coincidence that Ola Aina and Tomori like immediately became like such better players when they were seen outside of Hull City. It's, it's just it's just like that sometimes. So, uh. uh I mean, Tomori for me isn't such a big surprise, but I guess in the context of things, it may be. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're all pleasantly surprised. Anyhow, we have uh, we have gushed a lot in our initial section of We and Got No Podcast in today's episode. We will be right back with the next topic after a short break. Okay, and we are back. Um, we've been talking a lot about defenders now, and I think it's time to talk about the big dog the here 
kind of hero, one can say. I mean, he didn't score the first goal, but nevertheless, you know, he's a hat-trick hero. He was absolutely brilliant. His movement, his hold-up play, his interlinking with the others, it was just all on point. And it, you know, the first thing that I thought after him having completed his hat-trick was not about this stupid... Uh, you know, number nine curse and all that. But I was just so, so happy for him because he's had it very difficult at the start of the season with all the uh, racial abuse that he had to endure, yada, yeah. yada, yada. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of seems to me as if, you know, all this controversy that he had to deal with, which was, of course, none of it his fault, but, you know, nevertheless, it persisted. Um it kind of drove him on so that you know kind of like he was thinking right i'm not having this i'm going to show you what i'm made of and another striker that really did that was didier drogba mm-hmm. i'm not going to say diego costa because diego costa was kind of a bit of a whiny child when he wanted to be and he wasn't the you know the governor and he was a beast on the field. but when he was sulking he didn't play well or drogba was always out to prove his doubts was wrong and tammy abraham i'm not saying that he's like Drogba, you know, because I think they are quite different players in a lot of ways. But, and this is most important, uh, attitude-wise, it looks as if he has got similarities. Also from what Lampard has said with, you know, him him and Mount always staying longer after training and so on. Yeah, and I think that's just brilliant. So if we talk about his performance yesterday, what was the key aspect where you say, this is what really... Uh, stuck in my mind. Um, well, for me, it's got to be uh, his all-around play. It wasn't just the goals. It wasn't just the hold-up play. It wasn't just the passing. It wasn't just you know him running into channels or anything. I think he really did it all yesterday. And I think he actually has been doing it at a fairly high level since the beginning of the season. And I'm so glad Lamps persisted with playing him because there was a lot of people calling for his uh, for him to be benched a little bit there, and he and he was in the Super Cup as well. But I think with Tammy, I think his mentality is key here. Uh, I think that almost ever since that season when he was loaned to Swansea, he's been trying to prove his doubt is wrong, right? Uh, he's always had had critics, you know, and he didn't score in Premier League. He can't score in the Premier League. Go. And then he went to Villa and it was like, yeah, you can score in the championship. Can you score in the Premier League? And now he's up in the Premier League with a top six team uh, and his childhood club. Uh, uh, and he just, he just keeps proving him, proving the doubt is wrong, I think. And it's great to see. But that's basically I just, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I just have to laud Tammy Abraham's character mm. because... I mean, wow, he he went to Bristol City in 2016 and Bristol City were like new to the championship at that time, right? And he just fit in there so well. He just seamlessly started scoring goals. And w- when the Swansea move happened, that that is bound to be so hard on a young player who was in the form of his life after like the ideal start to senior football and then got thrown into like a bit bit of a dumpster fire at Swansea City. And you know, 
when you have to drop down a level after you have succeeded so well over there um it, it takes a good amount of perseverance and positive attitude to continue doing that at that level knowing that you've dropped down because you know something didn't go right in the premier league when you tried the first time and i think that's i think that's amazing he he went to aston villa and he just he just bloody did the business you know he he had the chance to move to wolves <laughs> so ironic he had the chance to move to wolves in uh, january and he rejected it because he had that single minded focus of okay i've got to get aston villa up and i've got to eventually play eventually play for chelsea and yeah ma'am my my striker has not backed down after missing a penalty in the super cup and receiving racial abuse from a bunch of sad excuses for human beings and that that just it speaks volumes he scored he scored seven goals in like 339 minutes of football and that's incredible and just just if you're talking about stats he has like the second highest expected goals overall and he has like the third highest expected goals per 90 minutes he's averaging like 0.9 expected goals per 90 minutes you know which is like pretty damn good even if it's even if it's like just sample size that it's pretty that is pretty small and he's also he's also overperforming his expected goals like crazy because he's on 7 and he's on an xg of like 4 or 3 so yeah i mean obviously he he won't continue to score at this rate but he's going to get us goals and his his hold up play was i thought it was magnificent yesterday um he was he was just doing everything he was and i love the fact that he created his third goal for himself you you love to see a striker that can create shots like that for me that is the most valuable type of striker to have um oli mcburney yes, same against sorry it's the same against norwich he yeah exactly for himself and i exactly. didn't know that he had that because through through all the times that I watched him play in the youth teams and yep. on loan I haven't seen <laughs> I haven't seen that a lot to be honest yeah so you just got to, you just got to allude to the thing that another thing that Chelsea youth put out or he, he's been saying over over time that Tammy Abraham is is a small striker in a large striker's body mm-hmm. and you know yeah I love that kind of striker I mean I, I was just saying on a completely unrelated note that Oli McBurney is a striker like that as well but um yeah yeah my uh, is really good i like yeah, him yeah yeah i just i don't know why i said that but yeah uh, <laughs> yeah abraham was yeah he he was impeccable yesterday he was definitely man of the match for me so yeah that was that is me gushing about um kevin abraham <laughs> <laughs> can you say one thing about tammy because i remember yeah. watching him coming on for the under 18s i think it was for his debut and he came on at i think it was right wing and i remember i remember thinking of oh, this this dude is that he doesn't have it he's got nothing because i was so used to seeing like uh, these small technical players play on the wing yeah, and this yeah. tall lanky dude with cornrows <laughs> and i was like oh, who's this guy he can he can play wing that's not <laughs> he's, he's not any good uh, because of course he was pushed out to the to the winger position by uh, another player of ours which we all know of But yeah, that's just anecdotal. That, yeah. Yeah. So we have spoken uh, 
well over half an hour of some very very positive things and very happy things but while while that was like basically 90 minutes of ecstasy for <laughs> i mean um most most of us uh the more pragmatic heads among us or the more the more rational ones may also take notice i mean or take a great issue with the fact that we let in two goals which is obviously perfectly reasonable because we ideally should have seen that game out with a clean sheet and we let in two pretty soft goals was my opinion on that yeah. and i just i'd like to know what you guys make of our defensive situation now whether you think it's improved or you know we still have a long way to go jimmy what do you think well you know it's always difficult to be overly critical about things when we won as emphatically as we did uh but i think it's part of becoming you know better as a team um to look into these things and understand why in god's name we left in those two goals now i think as much as i love him that's first one it's got to go on kepa right i mean would you agree because he had to keep that out that uh he's he's fumbled a few goals uh quite quite often this season if you ask me there's been a few instances where he just should have done better and you know any any goalkeeper can have that um david de gea you know I would have thought he's the best goalkeeper a season ago in the world that was my perception he's had some bad games recently and the same with jan oblak you know he he hasn't always performed as im- imperiously as he as i'm used to um so that that was the one but you know the second goal i don't know that was a bit unlucky so i think it would be harsh to overreact and say nevertheless it it, it is um very frustrating because i was looking forward to having a clean sheet for with 4-0 now nothing can happen and a bit stupid of me to think that well yeah we're not going to let one in this 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 game when we were fell now out and it just goes to show that the team kind of still has to improve in that area in regard to seeing our games uh, and keeping up their concentration levels but also as said one can't be too overly critical here yeah it's um i mean you're right it's something that we should definitely look at on a situation by situation basis um i would say that we are still pretty i mean very awkward defending set pieces which was something uh, i unfortunately saw at derby county last season as well but so i'd say that that's one area that definitely needs to improve set pieces and we we saw uh who was the who was the one that got in behind the defense for second goal matt doherty um actually wait who was it <laughs> i forgot him but whoever no, it was, was. It was oh yeah okay yeah, it was doherty so that was i mean what what would you put that down to Sub- sebastian <laughs> sebastian yeah um, that's so awkward to say <laughs> yeah i know uh so awkward to hear actually too yeah no um <laughs> I think I think that go I uh, first of all I think when you're full up I think it's hard to keep up those you know 100% concentration I think Good it drops point. a little bit I think it Good drops point. 
So, and I, and I would also say that before um, they scored their first or we were up 4-0, I don't think they created anything, right? I don't, I don't remember like anything from them before that. So, um, and I'll also say that I think that Kepa's, it wasn't really a Kepa mistake, the first one. Uh, I think it's really tough to, you know, not try to pounce it away. And he was uh-huh. just unlucky that Tammy was there. I don't know. I don't. I didn't put that on him. On him. We were uh, discussing this on the. We were discussing this on the. We ain't got no history slack yesterday. And, uh, mm-hmm. David. David got pretty uh, miffed at me for saying that Kepa was at fault because he said that it's not so easy to. You know, um, the the header was like uh, downwards, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's it's not easy to, you know, collect that kind of ball safely, I guess, which is fair enough, actually. I think, so, I think both Kepa, Kepa and Tammy look surprised yeah, to yeah, find yeah, one yeah. another. Like, what happened? You know, kind of like, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> I don't remember. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, what, well, what, what did you make of the second goal that we conceded? Cotrone's goal. To be fair, I don't think. I think that was, you know... Conceding from a corner, you know, that's something that we've gotten used to of late, unfortunately. Um, but the second goal, if I remember correctly, it was like a ball over the top for Pocketty, yeah. who just blasted it, it as hard as he could. Yeah. Um, and w- what I at first thought was that we were two defenders versus one, one attacker uh, after Kepa had saved it. Yeah. And I would want one defender to be... Uh, have the, the instincts of you know, knowing where the ball is going to drop. But then again, the striker is a striker for a reason. They know where the ball is going to drop. So, But I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't feel like that was a similar kind of goal to what we considered earlier, where our midfield being um, porous defensively or anything like that, even though I think it was Moutinho who hit the ball over the top to Doherty. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I wouldn't say that was a really bad goal to concede. I just think Wolves did pretty well, to be honest. No, you're right. You're right. Um, that was probably not characteristic of the type of chances that we've been letting in before that. Because, yeah, because they, didn't, they didn't run at our back line. Like yeah, most yeah, yeah. Goals. So where, where, would you, where would you say our defense is at right now? Do you think that... Um, the issues that we were facing before this was largely down to the 4-3-3 system, or would you say that our defense, I mean, simply improved uh, yesterday? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I would say uh, I really like the Kovacic, Jorginho, Pivot, or the midfield pairing when okay. they're on the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when when we don't have the ball, I think that. It's just not working. And I think having three defenders uh, centrally behind them, really, as you said earlier, uh-huh. one, of, one of the defenders can step up out from the, the back line and almost act like a kind of... They can take a chance in a, when they're three at the back that they cannot yeah. do when they're two. You know, two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think Conte is going to... I've been posting a lot about, I think... Either Jorginho or Kovacic is going to be benched when Conte is back. But it remains yeah. to be seen if that will solve anything, uh, if we're going to press the way we're doing. I think at this stage that we're basically in agreement about the fact that uh, we, we just have to see the team with Conte in it for like yeah. at least yeah. like 
three games or something too. I but mean, it's worrying I, that we keep conceding this many goals uh, yeah, ever yeah, since yeah, the preseason sure. started. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, Jim, didn't you think that we had like some really nice sequences playing out of the back yesterday? There was there was one there was one sequence in particular where which I remember like in the second half, where uh, Jorginho and Kante just played it out with such ease that. It reminded me of that clip doing the rounds on Twitter of Rochdale scoring a goal and the people saying this is the influence Pep Guardiola has on English football. I mean, generally, I'm not going to, yeah, uh, that meme with Guardiola, I'm just going <laughs> to ignore that. But theoretically, yes, uh, I thought we did uh, show um, a lot of composure when playing out from the back and while that pinging in between each other of our central defenders might have annoyed the one or the other I thought that us trying to do things or go about things with a certain uh, calmness worked well and it was uh, refreshing compared to what we've been seeing the last few games Um, but you know If if this um, can work as well as it can uh, did yesterday against others, then fine. I'm just worried that um, we we'd get too easily figured out after some time when playing, for example, this three four three, despite it working so well yesterday. Uh, Isn't that always a risk though with like any system? I guess so. Yeah, I guess we so. saw it happen last year. Yeah. Yeah. And we saw it happen under Conte, you know. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the that's the good part about like Lampard willing to change up stuff. I guess. So. Well, yeah, I get. I guess so. Yeah, um, he has shown tactical flexibility, and that is something that we have been craving for a long time and i think that is also one where people that are doubting lampard or saying you know has he got the experience are being a bit swayed in towards him because who doesn't want this tactical flexibility that's something that any any fan would want you know either well let me i don't want to say the p word but uh you know if you haven't been supporting a team really too much or just watch the occasional game or just Champions League game, something like that, mm-hmm. then you won't care much about that. But, uh, you know, sh- seeing your team be able to adjust or adapt to certain scenarios or certain opponents, that I, I, I enjoy that a lot. Like, and for that to uh, really um, happen often this season that'll be grand you know as long as Lampard gets it right he'll get it wrong sometimes as well but um as long as he keeps trying i think everything will, uh, everyone will be uh, patient with him i would say i you know i i'm i'm just happy that, that that he's willing to adapt i don't care if we could have a manager as long as it's working i don't care if whatever formation it is really but uh just that he is willing to try something new uh, is 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 makes the future look better uh, just because we know he's not going to trot out the same lineup or the same formation in every game despite it not working. We know he's going to mix it up if it's not working. So I think that's that's the adapt part. 
about Lampard. Um, that the true successor depends. to Claudio Ranieri. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. I guess now is a good time to head into another break and we should be right back to discuss Valencia. Okay, and we're back. We're going to be talking about Valencia now. Uh, the game will be, well, when this podcast episode goes live, it will be tomorrow for us Europeans. Um, tough game, even though it is at home. Undoubtedly, that will be uh, an advantage for us, you'd expect. Uh but Valencia is not an easy team to beat. They have had somewhat of a slump, uh-huh. uh, if I'm not mistaken. The last time I had a look, although most teams in La Liga are, or the good teams are not playing too well this season up until now. No idea why. It just seems to be the case. Um, but, you know, it'll, it'll be a difficult game. And I don't want to hazard the prediction this time because I... Completely messed out. Although, actually, yes, we're going to lose against Valencia. It worked last time, so... <laughs> I was... Exp- yeah, I was going to tell you to say that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but what what, what do you uh, guys think? Because no game will be an easy game in this, in this group, even against Lille. And um, do you think we're going to see some, or quite a bit of uh, rotation? Like Giroud coming in, or even Michy Bashwai. I mean, Bashwai has been the one off the bench up until now. Giroud's completely, uh, you know, lost, been lost. Uh, and could we even see Reese James or Callum Hudson Doy get uh, a bit of a cameo? Salem. Hmm. Uh, um, yes, I think it's too early for the for, for show and uh, Reese James. Um, and honestly, I'll talk to Ram a bit about it. I have no idea how Valencia play or how they're doing or if it's going to be like, like I know they're, it's, it's a tough group. It's, it's a must win, basically. That's about the extent of my knowledge of this game beforehand. Um, but it, on, on the rotation thing, um, I guess we're going to have to take Tammy out of the formation or starting 11. Uh, I yeah. think it's he will be have to be saved for Liverpool, and he also looked tired yesterday. So I think it's, but I think it will be Giroud, um, and probably Pulisic as well. But other than that, I don't expect much changes really. Uh, maybe formation-wise, and um, again, if Rudiger is is a doubt, I think it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> no, I won't predict the backline, but it's going to be Aspilicueta. It's going to be Alonso. It's going to be. Kovacic, Jorginho, and the rest, basically. So, Valencia is in an interesting position in the league right now, because according according to the stats, like I just had a look at some of the basic underlying metrics, and they are um, third best for expected goals, and that may surprise you because like. They're thirteenth, and but yeah, they they have like a difference of expected goals of like point one one from Barcelona, and yeah, so they're basically third in the league on expected goals. But 
here's the caveat. They are second worst unexpected goals against. Like, uh, only Levante have, like, conceded more expected goals than them. So, they are basically Chelsea right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, this uh, could end up being a pretty entertaining game. Because they also have faced, like, a good amount of shots against them. They are in the bottom six in the league for shots faced. Um, so, yeah, they are... I mean, I you'd expect them to be a little porous in defense, I guess. So, yeah, I'm not going to pretend that I've watched much of Valencia this season. I did mean to, but I just never got around to it because of other commitments. So... I will. I will hopefully be watching other other Champions League opponents at least once before we play them. That's Lille and Ajax, which have pretty exciting squads. But yeah, for as for our squad itself, like um, like Sale, I <laughs> yeah, that's better. That's better. Yeah, yeah. That that is just so much less awkward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I also expect Tammy Abraham to sit this one out because I think he could do the rest, and he also got cramp at the end of last game. So he he really runs his socks off in every game, so yeah, well-deserved well rest for him. And Batshuayi to come in, I think, mm. and probably see Ross Barkley start as well. Reese James, I think it might still be early for him, just going on the fact that he played lesser minutes than Callum in the under-23s game. Um, so I... I think Reese James may not make the squad, but I wouldn't be surprised if Callum Hudson or I did, and we finally see the return of the prodigal son, <laughs> Callum Hudson or in this game. So yeah, I just just by looking at the stats, I'd say expect like an entertaining game, and just just on a on a on a tangent, Jim, do you mm. do you remember the last time we played Valencia in the Champions League, like? I think it was it was a while ago, and I think that Marta was playing for them at the time or something. I remember like, playing against them, if I'm not mistaken, when we made it to the final just to lose it there against Man United. If I'm yeah, not mistaken, I, I think that was the one. That, yeah. Was it really? Or, okay. or, or maybe, or maybe, or maybe like a little after that. I'm not because, sure if it was yeah. the last one, but I'm pretty sure that that team because we played against Schalke in the group stage. I remember that. Uh-huh. And um well, they've could have sworn yeah. that it was Valencia as well, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, we played uh, them in 2011. Yeah, I've just dug up the old match report. Right. We beat yeah. them we we beat them 3-0 ah. at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I remember it was a it was a must-win last uh, games uh, match right. six game. Uh, and games. if if that was in 2011, I guess Mata was playing for us at the time. Uh yeah. but um Drogba scored a double and Ramirez scored one goal. So, good. <laughs> why, why are you good. laughing at that? Ramirez <laughs> <laughs> well, scored Ram- some crackers. Yeah. Ramirez just, when I think of Ramirez, I'm just thinking of Ramirez running off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is, okay. which is, okay, uh, makes sense. yeah, good, good memory. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we will see a similar scoreline. This time as well, but uh, you know, I just, I just want to say that. I mean, just as a final thing, I want to say that I'm just so happy we're in the Champions League again. <laughs> it's oh yeah, uh, 
I truly realized the value of being in the Champions League after a season in the Europa League. Even though I wasn't like really disappointed with Europa last season, but yeah, it's it's just so good to be back. And like mm-hmm. Thursdays are the Thursdays are the worst. So who who likes Thursdays? So <laughs> yeah, that that yeah, is all great. I have to say it's, about it's that. Great to be, it's great to be back. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it really is. We belong so, here. Yeah. So I mean, did Jimmy? You said we lose, and I mean, you you did God's work so good. Uh, um, Sale, did you give us a prediction? I'm, I'm terribly sorry if I've forgotten already. No, it's four uh, two to the good oh, guys. To the good guys. Okay, yeah, yeah good. A lot uh, like, of goals. Yep. Yeah, a lot of goals. I would say I'm gonna go out on a limb and say four one. I expect us to score a lot and. I expect them to be porous, and I think we might have too much for them on the day. So, yeah, that is my prediction for the game. Do you, do you think Batshuayi will take his revenge on Valencia? Oh, yes, that is a very good theme. That is the theme I completely missed, yeah. Uh, Batman Begins. Uh, is, there a Batman, <laughs> is there a Batman Returns movie? Okay, there isn't. But yeah, the, the Dark Knight Returns, okay, yeah. So that is, that is what's going to happen. I mean, hopefully that's what's going to happen. Yeah, so yeah. that is just about all we have time for on this episode of We and Got No Podcast. We have gone through our last game against Wolves, which was a very joyous experience. We have spoke to, spoken about some of the question marks in there and discussed our favorite players um, who just, just happen to be like young players. It's, it's no coincidence at all. <laughs> and so yeah it's it's been it's been a blast today and it's been lovely to have you on sail sailing also Salem. known as also yes uh, sorry <laughs> also known no as sebastian um yeah do you do you want to like plug your twitter to other people so that they follow you and read very nice things about our youth on twitter no just follow follow ram and jamie and i'll be there Oh, what a nice guy. Yeah, that's actually true because we yeah. interact a lot on Twitter. So Yeah, I like yeah. your post a lot. Yeah. Oh, thanks. So, yeah, it's once again, uh, it's been great. And this is Ram signing off for We Ain't Got No Podcast. See ya.